Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. Thank you guys for joining us for part two of our episode with the legendary Vince LaRosa. We are so thrilled to have him here on the couch with us to continue his story. Where we left off last time, we were discussing your collegiate career, where you began uh, cutting your teeth, in your words, uh, as a beat writer for a soccer team. So how did it transition from a collegiate career to a professional career? Take us through that. When I think back to it, I don't know how this route happened because people will ask me, like, what's what's the route to take? What's the route to do? And I honestly was on, I want to say probably on Facebook, and and somebody that was a friend of a friend was like, hey, we're starting a soccer website. We can't pay you. We can probably get you credentials because it's MLS. And this was at a time where you definitely could get credentials for an MLS game because they needed all the coverage they, they could. I mean, Chivas USA was still around. Um, and actually, I think the first game I ever covered in MLS was a Chivas USA game. Oddly enough, it was, I remember this vividly, Dan Kennedy was in goal and Michael LaHood went to head the ball back to Dan. Dan was not ready. Basically, own goal, game over. And I remember going into the locker room because I was like, man, this is my first game. I'm going to go in the locker room. I'm going to talk to him. And I was like, wait, I played soccer against Dan Kennedy. Like, I played with his cousin. So I went in there. I was like, hey, Dan, I played soccer with you, blah, blah. And we, like, we didn't talk about the game. So like, technically, <laughs> technically, I didn't do my job. But I got well, to talk to Dan Kennedy. They weren't paying you anyways. Yeah, they weren't paying me anyways. <laughs> uh, but it did give my foot in the door and kind of getting to know people. And honestly, I, I continued to do that for, for some time. I'm not getting paid, but just knowing that, like, it's the only way that people are going to get to know me, especially while I don't have my degree. So I'm doing college, finishing some classes. You know, sometimes I'm, this is even before I'm writing for the newspaper yet. I'm just every once in a while filing a blog. I actually covered, you know, I've, I think I've already outed myself before. I did cover some Galaxy games. I covered some of their championship games. I mean, you got to make, try to make a living. Sure. Yeah, I would do that. And, but continue to do the, the college soccer thing. Being a beat writer was really where, I got down to like, this is how you got to do it. You got to have ideas going into it. You can't just show up. I, you know, I look, I love Hunter S. Thompson and I wish that I could just show up and be like, I'll figure out an idea when I get there or I'll conjure it up with some kind of substance. I don't know, but I can't do that. I need to have like kind of an idea of what I'm looking for, what I want to do and just be very professional in that way. Um, and I learned so much by being able to do it at a level where like, if you make mistakes, it's not going to cost people money. It's not, it's not going to cost you your job, thankfully. Oddly enough, the coach of the Cal State Fullerton team for the women's team was my coach in club when I was like 16. So that was kind of cool. Like we, and, but we didn't really like talk about it until like the final game. He goes, "You never, why did you never bring that up?" I was like, "I thought I was just doing my job." So he's like, "Oh, that's, I guess that's good. That's professional." But yeah, so I continued to do that, and honestly, I think that in a way it got me to where I was going because I was able to work on things, to to be in press conference settings, to go to trainings, to do to do those type, talk to players. But at the end of the day, I was working retail. Like I didn't, that didn't definitely did not get me my job at LAFC was working the blog and stuff. That was just kind of a labor of love. And I always tell people that do it now, like if you're going to do it and you love it, it's okay to do it for free, but don't ever offer to do it for free. You know, we get, we get people that will hit me up and be like, can I write for the site? I love what you write. Can I write for the site? One, the answer is no, because I write for the site. (laughs) <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be rude, but like <laughs> I dig what I do and I, it's like, it's kind of my thing at, at this point. I've like grasped ownership of it, but two, I can't pay people, man. And I just could not fathom having a kid come out and like pour his heart and soul into something 
just so he could say, well, I get a byline. I'm, and I, because I know like, that's not the way it should work. That's not the way the world should work. So what I do tell them is, look, if you love it, reach out to a blog. That's not going to put you under the kind of pressure that I would have to put you under. Get some credentials. And, and you know, I, we've talked about it. I am more than happy to help people through kind of the process of getting credentials, the process of once you're there feeling comfortable, like I don't, I don't want to sit over your shoulder because I want people to learn and take their lumps the way I did. But man, if you don't know where the press conference room is, you don't know when you can do this. You don't know when you can do that. Yeah, man, I'm here to help you. I'm never as busy as it, as it seems. I'm usually just kind of hanging out, (laughs) (laughs) hanging out. I'm watching other games. Like I'm watching the other MLS games. I'm preparing for the game, but it's never, it's look, it's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery. Like, well, no, that was like that one game that Christian and I saw you before. I think it was the New England match. We were tailgating early, and we hit you up, and we were like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And you're like, "I'm just hanging out." You're yeah, <laughs> it was a few hours before the game. Most yeah. times, I'm just hanging out. Other times, maybe I have something to do. But look, at, at a certain point, like if you're up there in the press box, we are all part of like kind of yeah. the fraternities, or if you're female sorority, the, we are all there together to do a job, and it is our job to help you do your job. Look, the LFC doesn't want to hide questions. Like we don't want to hide. We want you to shine a light on what we do. So of course I'm going to help people. Yeah. Yeah. You're facilitating content creation in our flavors, right? So yeah. Yeah, access or tidbits or tips are always welcome. And you guys make sure that you guys do that. So we, we, we appreciate that. So at some point in time, your career transitions from doing freelance work on the side to working for Fox Sports. Yeah. So describe your work for Fox Sports and what did you get to cover? Fox Sports West, I got to cover Angels, Kings, Ducks, Clippers. So Fox Sports West has those. Uh, now it's, I believe it's going to be Sinclair because all those kind of got bought out with all that stuff, that all that moving around, which is oh, the reason Disney, why. Yeah, when Disney bought it. Yeah. yeah, which is the reason why we'll never see a good Spider-Man again. Apologize, that's not my fault. Yeah, uh, <laughs> true. Um, but I worked at Fox Sports West. Again, that was another thing. Man, I applied to jobs probably for two years. And there was times when I would like do it every night go home, try to find a job, apply to it all around the country. Uh, I do remember vividly, I had an internship at NBC, um, NBC4 in the sports department. It was okay. Um, but I got to- Rogan and- uh, Yeah, Fred Rogan, man. Fred Rogan and and, uh, Mario, yeah. Yeah. I I listened to the Rogan and Rodney show at like one o'clock or two o'clock on AM 570. It's terrible. I can't stand it. Oh, (laughs) come on, Fred Rogan. You know what? It's not even Fred, dude. I He's a customer of mine, dude, right? You speak nice of Fred. Dude, it's, it's Rodney. <laughs> Rodney, Rodney Pete bugs me. I don't know what it is, dude. Fred, I was we were I was there with my fellow intern, and her and I were sitting there, and we did the late shift, so we were there from like six p.m. till the till the eleven thirty the eleven thirty hit for sports for right. eleven thirty. And I remember it was around the time like the Cronut came around, or like it came out here, and Fred goes, "I got this. I don't know if it's good. Will you guys eat it first and tell me if it's good?" And we were like, and I looked at him, I was like, well, is it poison? He's like, no, I would never do that to you. You're an intern. You, we don't, we don't even pay you that much. But that was like, that was Fred. Like, that's what you do. We, we would basically log highlights. I got to help. They did a little bit of coverage on the Olympics. That was kind of cool. So there was little bits that were cool. But again, it, it's one of those things where like, you're like, oh, I work in sports. But if people are like, what do you do? You're like, I log highlights. You don't feel like you're in sports. Was he doing going Rogan yet? back then oddly enough so this was when they just moved in so they used to be at the soundstage which is basically where the tonight show was carson all that stuff burbank they just moved to universal studios they have a brand new building it's fabulous right um they were setting up the set for going rogan and me and an intern sat with fred doing like a mock one so they like taped us doing a mock one and i I remember him because he used to be like so 
if he says something you don't agree with, I want you to be like, oh my God, that's so wrong and tell him why it's wrong. And I, I so I did that to the, the intern and I, I don't think I've ever seen someone like more scared. And I was like, he told me to, he told <laughs> me to do it. And then the, the cameras, because the cameras now are not man operated. They're like an algorithm, like the camera went rogue. So it just like veered off and like went like the machine in Iron Man. Like it just decided to like take a time out. And so like that was how it ended. Like that was how like he's like, okay, we've, we've done enough here. That was great. Like we, and then our, our day was over. But yeah, NBC Sports. So I, again, so I, I did that and I just kept, I just kept applying, applying, applying. And some days I would go for it harder than others. And I literally got an interview finally at Fox Sports West. Luckily found like a kindred spirit in my old boss, Pete Stella, who actually now works oddly enough for the LA Wildcats, which is where Heather, who used to be legal counsel for us, is now president of that XFL team, which so, you know, sports is crazy like that, which is, I guess, one good lesson is always be nice to everyone. If Once you get into sports, be nice to everyone because you never know when you're going to work with them somewhere else. But no, at Fox Sports West, I did just web stuff, a lot of web stuff, just posting headlines, writing short stories from time to time, but I had a lot of downtime. And I, that's where I spent a lot of time actually learning how to do motion graphics, learning how to edit. We started a podcast. Fox Sports West did not have a podcast. So we were like, hey, we'll just do it. And they were like, that's fine. As long as you guys do it, we don't have to help you. Go do it. So I did that. I mean, a lot of high school football. That's true. Now, is that the office that's off of uh, Sepulveda? Uh, no, that is uh, like Big Fox. Oh, yeah. um, the Fox Sports West is actually the USC building, um, the big tall one downtown off of 11th. Oh, okay. But yeah, now it's going to be, be the AT&T building, though. Used to be an AT&T building. Yeah, yeah, now it's USC. They've got that great deck you can go all the way up to the top i've only been there once did you have any soccer experiences while you were working with fox so lfc was getting going funny enough i was doing something with diego garcia who's one of our pr persons and i was like hey send me this email and he typed in vince and my email for lfc came up but also my fox sports email came up because i was obviously on like the pr mailing list for whatever they would send out and he was like oh that's so funny and i was like yeah i tried to push hard to get fox to want to cover lfc and actually Fox was in the mix to possibly do LAFC games. Didn't work out, obviously. We're on YouTube TV. Right. But they were in the mix. They were lukewarm about it. Fox Sports West looked at it like this. We do all the local sports other than the Lakers and Galaxy. So naturally, you'll come to us. It was like, well, no, not naturally. <laughs> you got to want. You got to want. Yeah, you got to want us to do it. So I, uh, I remember taking a stadium tour. Seth Burton gave us a stadium tour, who is now like one of my bosses, basically. Yeah, I did. I did all that. And then... Oddly enough, an editor there who did, who worked on Angels Weekly and a few other shows, uh, Jake Alba knew Rich. They're good friends. Like, go go way back. I'd come back from the stadium tour and had like an LFC magnet. Remember we all had the magnets? Yeah. Like, yeah. Still got it. Uh, yeah, it's still in my fridge. Had a magnet on my desk. And he goes, you like that? I go, yeah. You know, and you know I'm into soccer. He goes, yeah, yeah, I, I know that. He, he goes, you should work for them. I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. He goes, no, you, sh- you should work for them. And this is out in the open. Like, we're in the middle of the office. And I'm like, yo, like keep it on the down low. So he's just like, like joking around. He goes, walks away and I'm sitting there and I'm like, should I go talk to him like about this? Not, not to like tell him like, Hey, don't do that. But because I had actually interviewed with LAFC once before and just, it didn't, nothing happen. Nothing came of it. With what job was that? Uh, some, a similar digital job, just some, you know, it was, it, again, this was like, there's probably less than a hundred employees at LAFC at the time. So it was like work digital. It was like, we'll figure out where you go from there. And I interviewed with who, someone else who is my boss now, Colin Kelly. Didn't get the job. I don't know why. Uh, I should remind Colin that he didn't give me the job. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't get. So I went to go see Jake and I was like, hey, you know, actually, I did interview with them and I would love to work there, but I, I, I didn't get the job. And he goes, well, I know a guy. His name's Rich. Um, you hit him up. Here's his email. And I was like, 
I'll just going to email him. He goes, no, like literally they, they just, just opened up a position, hit him up. So I emailed him. I had an interview within a couple of days. And then it was just like, my interview with Rich was like an hour long of us hanging out and talking about all things LFC, soccer, meeting everyone. And then I, I remember vividly, he goes, so you want to do this? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, what? He goes, I don't know. You just, I asked you if you want to do it. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. I, I need you to be like, hell yes, I want to do this. And I was like, oh, man, hell, hell yes. He's like, eh. And I was like, no, I, I really want to do it. Like, I, I want this job. He goes, okay, cool. And then like, didn't hear from them for a month. And then he hits me up and goes, hey, come back to the office, meet the guys again, go out to lunch with Colin. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, so I come dress nice, whatever hang out with everybody again, like meet everyone again. We go to lunch. I talk to all the guys that I'm eventually going to be working with. And again, I'm, he's like, okay, cool. It's good seeing you. And then like, I don't hear from him again for like another two weeks. And I'm like, did I, like, I know that I nailed this. Like, there, is there someone else that like, is it between me and someone else or what is going on? Because no one's telling me anything. And he called me one day and it was just that, like that final conversation about money. He's like, uh, I can't get you this. I can get you this. I was like, you give me that. I'll, I'll, I'm in. And then finally my offer letter came through. But for like a month and a half, Rich had me like, Hang it. And he was like, the needles, yeah. well, he was like, look, man, we got thousands of, of responses. He's like, but you are our number one guy for the job all along. And I was like, yeah, but why did you keep me hanging? He's like, uh, he just didn't like, he just kind of looked at me like winked, <laughs> like, you know, like I, and that, if you've met Rich, you know that like, that's Rich, man. He's, you, you don't question the ways of Rich. Somehow it gets done and he figures it out. That guy he gets results. That guy literally drops dimes of knowledge like all the time, man. Like I remember one of the days before Jonathan came on the show, just I just happened to run into Rich before and we're walking around and he's like introducing me. He's like, "Hey, you know, this is uh, crazy." Started he started a podcast with Shoulder Shoulder, and then he and then he gets me over with Andreas and and Jonathan and he goes, he introduces me to them and then like I, I didn't exchange contact information with Andreas and Jonathan. And then after we're walking away and he goes, hey, dude, I'm just dropping dimes, dude. If you want to pick them up, you can. And I was like, oh, OK. So then I, I, I made a point to reach out to Jonathan yeah. after. But it's like, you know, he's always on. So you got to be on, too. Like, yeah. you know, there's no like fake meetings with him. You know, you take meetings with some people and they're just like, oh, yeah, I don't even know what we talked about. Like, no, dude, he's if if you're in there, there's a reason why you're there talking to him and, and vice versa. Like, he's not going to just hang out to to hang out man. like he's a mover and shaker and. Like he takes a legitimate interest. Like again, he's not gonna have you buy just to have you buy. He takes a legitimate interest in people that, you know, he he's probably said this to you guys a million times. Be consistent, show up, yes. you know, bring That's heart. Mantra. Those are the, the yeah, those are the tenets. So like, don't think that anytime you talk to him that he's like turned off. He's not paying attention. Cause... I wish someone had given me a heads up that he was always networking, always on when I first met him, um, because Ray was the first who introduced me to rich and the first time i met him i was just like oh like i had no idea who he was i had no idea what his role was or or, or what role he yeah, doesn't wear a suit this, doesn't right? wear a tie like i had no idea that he was the glue that holds lafc together right i mean because he really is i mean you, you you've heard it on this show yeah every single guest that comes on is like oh i was a casual fan and then i met this guy rich right i mean yeah. like it, rich it, has probably been mentioned in at least 90 percent of our episodes at yeah some point. the it's church crazy. of rich man and it's crazy. it's not by our choice we don't go like hey can you talk about rich at some point in time <laughs> like like our guests just uh rich did tell me to talk rich. about him though when i come on today no i'm kidding hey, <laughs> it's like your contract it doesn't matter 
matter whether it's it's an employee of the club, someone casually associated with the club, someone super into the thirty two fifty two. Like yeah. everyone's like, oh well, at some point in time, like how did you get into LAFC? And they're like, well, this guy Rich, like he's yeah. the conduit by which all energy flows into this club, and it's so insane. And I wish someone would have told me that from the beginning. What's <laughs> crazy is like you better. said, you have no idea who he is either. And like I would see Rich at all sorts of events for LAFC before there was even the club and stuff like that. And I remember one of the times when they did the Michelin S hat launch over, I think it was like off of Pico and Alvarado or whatever it was, right, at uh, one of the Nickies. And I went there and I was one of the first ones to walk out with the all black Michelin S hat. And I just happened to run into Rich and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, Rich? You know, and I don't think he knew my name at that point, but I knew his name because we met a couple of times. Yeah. And he goes, hey, man, that hat looks really good. He goes, you like the hat? And I was like, yeah, dude, the hat's amazing, dude. I love the all black look, da da da. And he goes, you know, the hat game's awesome, dude. I'm trying to bring it back, you know. Da-da. But it's just, you just have these interactions with these people. And it, it, you know, these are stories that forever I'll never forget about Rich. But it's just, it's, it's crazy how, you know, he is this person and he just approaches you as just, yeah. I, I thought he was just somebody who was just a, a super fan like I was, where it's like, you just want to be in. <laughs> nope. Dude's a sniper, man. He just, like, in the best way possible, yeah. he just, like, picks people up. He's like, bam, bam, bam. Like, se- secret agent, like like you said. Like, no one tells you. He just shows up, like, just slides into the conversation. You're like, man, that, that guy's really, like, energetic. He seems to know a lot about the club. You're like, yeah, his fingerprints are on everything. Yeah. And I feel bad because every time I see him, it's always, like, four hours into the tailgate, and I'm, like, six beers <laughs> deep. And I'm like, Rich, one of these days, I would yeah. love to have, like, a sober conversation with you. And I don't think I've had one with him yet, regrettably, <laughs> in the dozens of times I've seen him. Going back to your Fox Sports experience, right? It sounds like you were a jack of all trades there in, in terms of media. Mm-hmm. When you came to LAFC at the beginning of 2018, were you brought on kind of solely to write for the team? What were the conversations? Because I know at least for us as fans that consume LAFC media, I know that you are beyond the byline and you're also on TV and stuff like that. Did it start off writing and it grew into other things or... Did you, were you in the behind the scenes doing others other things and producing kind of? Yeah, they asked me. the The one thing that Rich did tell me is like, man, we need a digital guy. Um, we look at your resume. You, you can do a lot of things, and that's going to be great. Colin's going to need you to do that. You know, we're we're a, a small team, but we do we get a lot done. Um, and everyone touches everything. But can you write? He's like, a scale of one to ten, can you write? I was like, dude, I write circles around stuff. Like, I'm like, if you need a writer, I can write. So, but that was again cryptic conversations like I'm, I'm figuring like I'm going to come in right for the first couple of weeks and this is because when I came in was January 1st so like the first training camp at UCLA wasn't started yet there's not really a ton of players yet I spent a lot of time just kind of watching and like learning because there was nothing to write yet like every once in a while I would write something just short almost press releasey the video guys they were already they'd already hit the ground obviously you everyone had seen all the visuals and photos so those guys didn't need any of my help and it, you know actually it was tough to be honest with you like my first couple weeks at LFC were tough for me because I had gotten to a spot where I was like man this is the one job I want so bad and I want to do so well and I want to show them that I can do well and they were just like yo just sit on the sidelines and learn like don't do anything and like it freaked me out for a while because I was like man they're gonna figure it out like they're gonna know I'm a fraud like I don't know what I'm doing blah 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 because I couldn't actually show them any output so like a lot of days I would like sit there just kind of learning things looking at things so a lot of the stuff that you see that I've done has come organically. Like we were like, what should we do after games? And I, we would sit down and be like, well, we don't want gamers. And plus we get gamers anyways. Like honestly, MLS writes gamers for us. 
So what, what I'm not going to write like LAFC won behind three goals from Carlos Vela, and this is how it happened in the 80th minute, blah, blah. If we want that, we can just take it from MLS. So why would they, you hire me to do yeah, that? Yeah, but your gonzo journalism take on that would be so much better than it the would... dry garbage we get from, I'm sorry, yeah. the eloquent uh, yet uh, constricted stuff we get from yeah. MLS. I mean, you would do so much better that I would much rather read your slightly tangential, somewhat esoteric recap as opposed to the very constructed recap we get from MLS. Yeah. I yep. actually don't read those anymore. Yeah, no, I, I would read, read yours right? since the beginning. Oh, I've always read your pre and five takeaways mm-hmm. or whatever takeaways, because there is some culture that's built into it yeah. or an idea that leads into what happened in the match. Well, that's what we developed. I was like, well, let's do takeaways because they could be anything. They could be fun. Yeah. They can be tactical. They can be this and that. And everyone's like, yeah, that's cool. And, and again, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, if that's your lane, pick it up and run with it. So we did. Um, and, and even like I was talking to Lee Wynn the other day, he goes, why five takeaways? I go, I don't know. It seemed like a good number. He's like, do you ever not do five takeaways? I go, you want to know why we don't do five takeaways sometimes? He goes, what? I go, there was a game where we lost five nil to Atlanta. And I did five takeaways. That was a bad idea. And he goes, oh, right, right. So there, if thankfully there has not been a five nil or five two loss in recent memory, but uh, there will not be five takeaways if that happens, you know, just because it's a bad look. But yeah, it, it's it's something that, yeah, just kind of evolved. And the same with the the podcast. I, we, we just looked at it and we're like, I was like, I think we have a podcast. And I think that was my avenue to do like fun stuff. Because I was like, they were like, who are you going to do it with? I go, well, let's do it with Max. Because Max and I are always like, uh, you would think that we're not friendly in the office because we're so like yappy at each other and always like trying to one up each other. So I was like, well, if Max and I do it, we love music. Max is weird. I'm kind of weird. Like that's our chance yeah. to be weird. I mean, it's kind of grown. I mean, people still tell us, like, yo, get to the soccer. Like, we don't want to. We don't want to hear it anymore. No, you making fun of him for being a fish fan is way more interesting. Oh, God. Max. (laughs) You'll never live that down. Uh, But that, and then just things get tossed my way out. Like, the post-game interviews. Here's a funny story. I was supposed to do my first post-game interview on the field to the stadium, the Houston game last year. Oh, the you remember game? what happened? It rained. That was amazing. And then game. we had fireworks. <laughs> and so I got booted for fireworks. And so then the next home game was Vancouver. That was the best game ever, by yeah. the way. Yes, it was. The next home game was Vancouver. And we were like, we're going to do You're going to do it. You're going to do it. But the rule is we, we do it because we want to do it when the players are in good mood. So we do it if we win or if there's a really good tie, like a last second tie. That Vancouver game, the final game of the season, was not a good tie because if you remember, we were up 2 0. So Vince got booted again. Then. Playoffs come. I'm like, man, my first one I'm going to do is going to be playoffs. Didn't happen. <laughs> so finally I got, so like, yeah, I was supposed to do it last year and finally got to do it preseason of this year. And I've, you know, I've gotten to do it ever since. And luckily we win a lot at home or, or have good ties, obviously the one loss. So I've, I've done it ever since. So again, that was something where I was like, I think I can do this. Uh, I'll do it. And Al, who does stadium operation stuff was like, yeah, you, I'd love you to do it. Like, let's do it. And I've, I've, Definitely was not good at it at first, but I got better. Like, I've gotten better. I've gotten used to hearing. It's weird hearing your voice in the stadium. And also oh. knowing that, like, I love it that the 3252 North End does not stop. But it's weird being like, hey, I'm interviewing this guy over here. They're like, no, it's cool. We're, we're going to do our thing. And so it's fun. And the other thing is I've set up so many of those guys to, like, fi- almost high-five the 3252. I've been like, what's it like having this crowd? And so many of them have just been like, oh, yeah, it's good. And like they swung and missed. The only guy that took the bait was Pablo Cisniega after the uh, Open Cup victory against San Jose. I was like, man, he's your first time playing at home. You had a phenomenal game, so many saves. And he turned and actually looked back. And that was the one time I heard them like cheer back. Because, again, there was less people in the same, so you could actually hear it. 
It's but, deafening in the North End. You can't hear any of that. I've asked people, I'm like, so do you, do you hear our post-game interviews? They're like, wait, you do post-game interviews? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. No clue. <laughs> cool. So I told Al, I'm like, you could, can you crank those up a little bit? And people were like, yeah, we'd like to hear those maybe. And so I think a few other ones, like we did Muhammad, another, it must be the San Jose games where we have really good luck with people understanding. But we got, we were going to do a Josh, but Josh was like gassed. He scored his first goal. He's cramping up. He's like, I can't. I'm like, we got to do someone else. I'm like, let's do Mo. Mo's first game back since that. And you could tell people like were very warm and receptionate to Mohammed being back because he's become kind of, you know, this Simple. this this cult hero figure. And it, it's it's a testament to him, to him because he's the nicest guy in the entire world. Like of anybody that something bad could happen to from a certain player, like Mohammed is like the last one you would want it to because he's just he's such such a genuine guy. But yeah, things just kind of fall. Like Bernardo asked me, "Hey, do the Black and Gold show now?" Like I've been on it more than Max because Max travels. You know, Max right. is an international man of mystery. I'm I'm very safe. I'm He's always here. <laughs> I'm always here and I'm available. I'm the best things that you can have in uh, in uh, any kind of production uh, TV thing. I'm available. I'm here, and I don't get paid very much. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it, they pay me under the one same salary of writing. But yeah, I. A lot of the a lot of the things that a lot of people in L- LFC do is kind of like let's try it. If it works, run with it, and that's that's kind of been my experience also. So would you, would you say that having that kind of attitude and experience at Fox is now translating or paying dividends because of that? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of downtime. I, so f- sports works in this way: you can either be so busy and just you're ready to die, you can't take it anymore. It's been twelve innings. It's three in the morning. You just want to go home. And then there's other times where you would literally spend an eight-hour day and be like, there's nothing to do. I could watch cat videos all day. And no one will stop you either because they're like, yeah, man, I have those days too or I don't do anything. So at Fox, I spent that time trying to learn stuff, and I think that's what set me up. Because, again, there's there's down days. Look, right now the team is on the East Coast. I'm not at training. I could just be sitting around, but we're we're doing podcasts. I'm trying to work on some other stuff. So it, it has set me up to be like, well, what's the next thing? That's got to be your driving force in sports because if you're not looking for the next thing – Someone else is, and they're going to replace you. So speaking of, what is the next thing? What is the next project? What's on the horizon? The podcast is growing, and we're trying to grow up more. I think we're learning that we need to inform the fan base more in in certain things. Because I think a lot of the people that came to LAFC came because, man, they love the community. They love the vibe. They do love the team, and they love the way they play. But they maybe don't know what a supporter shield is. They maybe don't know the way the MLS rules work. And to be fair, MLS is not the best at explaining the way their rules work right. and the way things go. So I think we're going to start to try to do more informative things. Like Max did a video on um, on Sportshare where he's walking through. Um, stadium. We yeah. did a, We right. did that cool video leading up to Galaxy where we, uh, we did another type of walking through. We're tra- going to try to do more of that. That episode you guys did with Thorrington um, or the episode you did with you know, some of the people involved in player acquisition. Yeah. I'm drawing a complete blank on his name. Oh, Will yeah. Koontz. Yeah, Thank they, you, Will. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah Will Koontz. Is, that was uh, a great episode. Will holds that over John because he's like, my episode did better than I think yours. I listened oh, that's to it like why three times. Oh, okay. I, no joke. I think I literally like stopped that episode and was like, hold on. I need to listen to this again. I can't remember a podcast that I finished and then immediately re-listened to. Well, that, that was the first time in my life I've ever done that. That line, uh, Barca has got to know not to run with the big boys. Like when, when Will said that, I was just like, I think I do we have to delete? Do we have to edit that? Because I was because because look, they're they're normally look. John's very very much he he's very professional. Look, he looks to have fun. I'm like I I played in some of those staff games with him, and he gets after it. But 
for the most part, the way he conducts his business is the way you would want a GM to conduct their business. So I looked at Will. I was like, "Is you gonna be, are you gonna be okay?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm good." And even even dropping the the money, how much we had paid, I was like, well, "Can we, can we say that?" He goes, "Yeah, but we didn't break any rules." I'm like, "Yeah, but we don't talk about money." He goes, "Yeah, we're fine." So that was like, yeah, that was one of those times where we were just like, "Man, it's cool." So yeah, we want to do, yeah, we want to bring you guys in more and talk more about those type of things because honestly, I want to learn about it too because I don't totally know. Like we had Mitchell on. Like the whole uh, the whole getting the green card thing, the logistics. Bananas. That was a great episode too. Bananas. I had no Going to idea. DJ with the wives yeah. and girlfriends, flying to Canada, then coming from Vancouver back. Like yeah. I was like, <sighs> bananas. And the and and people need to know that. Look, like this past week, you guys probably saw it on. People were like, why isn't Brian starting? Why isn't Carlos starting? It's like this information is readily available, but sometimes people just don't. It just over their head. They don't get it. So I yeah. think I want to do a better job of that. So I think we're going to do more informative stuff. And then, you know, I love to do tactical stuff as much as I can. I like to get Bob involved as much as I can, as much as he probably doesn't want to do it. But we're trying to bring, I want to try to bring a level of the game to the point where I think that our, our culture is second to none. Our knowledge will be second to none when it comes to to our supporter fan base. And, and even just the casual fan that comes to a game, they'll know, you know, a guy gets back, bus bus 70 yards to get back and wins the ball back. I, w- I want to hear clapping. You know what I mean? Like that type of stuff where you, you watch it on TV and you go, wow, that fan base is loud in what they're doing here. But then also the people just on the sidelines, they they recognize an effort. And I think players players dig that too. If they know that, uh, look, it's not the most important thing to them, but if they know that they're playing in front of a cultured fan base, I think it raises the level. Like if you go play at the Camp New, you know that you're playing in front of fans that have seen the game at the highest level. And I think that raises your game. What did uh, what did Lord Commander call it? Project eighteen forty eight or whatever, whatever uh, you know uh, the capacity of the stadium minus thirty two fifty two is. I think he called it Project eighteen forty eight. Yeah, where he was like, you know, I know the thirty two fifty two have the passion. Mm-hmm. I want to see, you know, the rest of the stadium involved. You know, I mean, obviously everyone wants to. You know, I, I would love to hear the day when twenty two thousand people sing Somos, but like, yeah, y- you know, I mean. He just wants them to be involved in every moment of the game and understand it. And you are that avenue. You are the one who gets to take a lifetime of knowledge and experience and, and share that with people to the point where they grow to have that understanding of when the player track backs and makes the play yeah. that that this is you know, this is something worth shouting for. Um, and, and I think you're, you guys are essential in, in that quest. As much as my wife leads the chants in the southwest corner, I lead those applauses to recoveries and takeaways and interceptions because I grew up being a midfielder and a defender. So you don't get the accolades, but you do understand those efforts. So I make sure that people around me are like, did you see that? That was the team. Yeah. Did you see that? That was you know, Jordan Harvey, Zimmerman. And we got to clap for that because... We have the ball and we started the offense from the back because they did their work and then they quickly got out of their feet and got it to the next person so we can start the attack. Yeah, I think with the style of football that we play, the ideas that we have, and the the things that we've kind of tasked ourselves with being, as a club we should be a beacon in MLS to when, when someone says, man, I don't think the standard MLS is very good, we can say, hold on, you have not been watching. Because if you watch an LAFC game, I guarantee you it's better than any championship game you're going to watch between Leeds and and so and so. I know Leeds is a hot topic because Bielsa's Bielsa, there, but yeah. like, man, put those games on on ESPN Plus. I'm sorry, but those are not as good as watching us go against the Galaxy. Or I, I still will put up that game, first game of the season, Sporting KC versus us, as just a, just a a battle of two great footballing teams. 
as one of the best games I've ever seen in MLS. I agree with that. Now, have you guys seen that there's that uh, ranking, that online ranking thing that has LAFC in the top 100 now? First MLS team to be in Oh, the yeah, the ELO, EL, I think they're ELO rankings. It's 538. Yeah. yeah. I love 538. I didn't know the Electric yeah. Light Orchestra was involved in that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would know that, by the way. <laughs> come, come on, dude. ELO. I love ELO. I'm, I'm in on it. I have, oh, some, the, I have some of their albums. So um, we, we, we've had some pretty high praise for you so far, especially with your, your works for us. I want. So ask, now you're going to drag me down. Let's right, do it. Right, right. I mean, that's a perfect segue <laughs> to trash one of your pieces. No, 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 no. Um, but I, I do want to ask you um, about something you wrote at the beginning of the season. So at the beginning of the season, you called out what you thought were going to be the six don't miss matches of the season. So you looked at the schedule and you predicted these six games are going to be, if you only Uh-oh. tuned in for six games of the season, these are the six to watch, right? And I'm just curious how you saw those played out and, and maybe what the perspective of an onlooker would be if those were the only six games they called out. So 3-3, Sporting Kansas City. 3-23. Nailed that one. RSL. 4-13, Cincinnati. Uh, 727 Atlanta and then both Carson games. So I I think I'm batting pretty high on that one. I think look, RSL Four, game I would six. Yeah, I would say RSL game wasn't great but obviously it had a great finish. Uh Walker's uh blast who slightly man, It is, but watch it. Every time we watch it and I can't remember if it was Lauren or if it was Siegel when he still worked with us, whoever tracked that shot, that video job to track that in slow-mo was so amazing and again Watch it, and you're like, I don't, I don't know where the deflection is. But Walker said it deflected, so I'm gonna. It's hard it. to tell. Yeah, I, I heard it on extra time. Uh, he admitted it. Yeah, yeah. Since he if not, I would, it would have been a toss up. Since he was one of those things where it was like, yeah, they're the, they're the new boys in town, right? So, I thought maybe we'd get a good game. I, I, I'll say this in hindsight, since he's like where we should have realized, and I've ranted on this all season, and it's got, I've had to do it more because of the Minnesota game. Stop it with saying teams have figured us out. We've lost four games. No one has figured out LAFC. Right. There's no blueprint. What I like to say is what you do is if you play in a certain way, you can increase your odds of possibly winning. Right. There's not a blueprint, but I guess that Cincy game should have been a precursor because that was like the first packed back. Although I, I feel like they they brought a little bit. That Kenny Safe, who didn't work out for whatever reason, that was probably his best game for Cincy. Atlanta was amazing. Okay. That was an amazing game. Atlanta was a phenomenal game. I mean, that's a slam dunk, right? Um, the Carson games, I think these ones have been better games than even last season. Last season was like just two teams going toe to toe. They didn't like each other, or actually I would say they didn't care for each other. Now they actually legitimately don't like each other. So those were slam dunks, but they were actual, like there was ideas. Uh, you can disagree or agree with the way that we play versus the way the galaxy play or vice versa, but there was real ideas. There was real passion and I will still claim that, man, we should have we should have won that that second, second game. game. I mean, it was I twenty know. minutes of just I, I, the guys weren't nervous. It wasn't nervous. I, I still contend that it was them wanting to win. Just in one, they wanted to score four goals at one time. And I've I've talked about this. You cannot play a style that LFC plays, sending trying to split defenses twenty yards at a time because the more you send those balls, a guy ten yards away is going to cut it out. You're going to be ten yards from counter pressing. And you've already lost your forward line because you disconnected by beating it turned over. And that's what happened. Second half, we actually played a little bit of a little bit of sorry ball where we basically were like, hey, come at us. And he played little little touches. Little Zlatan was gassed. He walked off the field past me because I didn't we that was another game where like even though it was a tie, we didn't want to interview because 
unlike the other team, we didn't want to treat that game like it was a win. To us, that was not a win. That was discipline. No, this the three three at home. Yeah. I mean, the Galaxy blew that game up like they just won the World Cup. They were talking about going to MLS Cup again and all this stuff. And we looked at it, we're like, that was a tie. And we tied at home. We don't tie at home. We win games at home. I don't care how we finished and how we thought we should have finished. That's a tie. So I didn't go, we didn't go on the field. We didn't do interviews. But was the last time I walked past me, gassed. Well, he said it on, on the yeah, he post game and legit too. Like, we're tired. We feel like we yeah. should have won. I'm like, I feel like you guys are banking on the first 20 minutes of the game. You guys would dominate the second. Well, Legit towed the company line. I think Zlatan really put the truth out there and was like, I'm not happy. Yeah, he said that. And he's like, like I'm not... we needed to win. We need to win yeah. every game moving forward. Yeah. I think hopefully, I mean, they don't, but like that that's the mentality they should have at this point, especially with Portland, the game in hand, and they, they're, they're at home majority of the end of the game. Their yeah. team put up billboards about a tie. I believe that's the first time in soccer history, football history, that that has happened. Well, remember when we all made fun of Cincy when they made shirts? They're like, our first point, and it was a tie. And we were like, how can you do – guys, I know you're new, but don't. Yeah. Please don't. The Galaxy are definitely not new. And and the thing is, your star player even said, God, I'm not – this is not good. I'm not happy about this. Right. So it's just – it's a tale of two cultures. We said it on this show. They scored goals off of our mistakes. They never scored a goal off of their game plan. So – Well, that, I'm, I'll, I guess, contend that because their game plan was causing mistakes. They were sitting back waiting for us to make mistakes, and they've – they wanted to disrupt. They, yeah, exactly. They got they a little capitalized. lucky. They capitalized. Look, if Walker doesn't touch that ball with his head, Zlatan's probably offside. Yeah, he that's is offside. No, he is. Yeah, offside. that's one of those, yeah. you know, crazy. That rule, that's, look, you want to change rules about goalkeepers throwing balls in the back of the net? If a defender, how can you tell me that it's going to be bad for a defender to try to make a play on a ball? I just, I, right. that rule never, but it is the correct call, absolutely. And yeah. everyone said it from the get-go. Now, so whether they would have called it back or not is another question. Yeah. We saw that last year. I mean, Zlatan was clearly offside for the fourth goal in the 4-3 last year. Clearly. I still have the photo in my phone saved okay. to prove this point to everyone. Who Carlos was offside on our, our second goal this year. So. Well, yeah, Vela. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, so uh, let me ask you this. You mentioned about this year is different than last year when it comes to uh, our relationship with the Galaxy. Last year we didn't like each other. This year we flat out can't stand each other, right? Mm-hmm. And what is that like in the front office side of things where – you know, I mean, do you guys ever have any sort of interaction with the <laughs> Galaxy in their front office? I mean, I know there was the whole associated event, association event. Right. But outside of that, I mean, is there? Yeah, I mean, we we still try to keep, look, we try to be a representation of the people above us. So anything that I do, I know that if John Thornton were to come up to me and go, don't do that. I mean, I wouldn't want to, I don't want to have that conversation with John. So that's why you see our social media is very respectful. Um, We only take maybe the most minimal lighthearted jabs at people. Yet we get bombarded with stuff every match. I mean, the stuff that teams post coming at us, it's like, it makes everyone season to be able to score a goal on us or maybe get a draw or win. You know, obviously the big thing the other last year was the L, the Portland L on the hat. And we were like, okay, that's cool. Like everyone, they were so excited about that. They made something in the anticipation of maybe they could get a win. Um, but we, we try to keep it cool. I mean, but I, I'm, you know, I've needled, you know, after the galaxy match, I, I needled a little bit of the galaxy front office just in a, in a playful way by posting some stuff about, clean tackles as opposed to fouls. Look, there's definitely, it's from top to bottom, man. I mean, it, there is a 
philosophical difference in the way we want to go about things and the way we think that you should when when and how you should puff your chest out and what do you attribute that to i mean you know how fast this rivalry has grown and how potent it is oddly enough before i came here i told you guys it's my my podcast day so we had podcast and we actually had rich on um and i'll have to defer to him and you can hear more of him on our podcast after you listen to this one great tease you can hear yeah but i'll have to defer to him he said that what happened was they so they came in the group, Rich and everybody, when we had like six people, I mean, I literally six people, they came in and they, they said, Hey, we got to go talk to the galaxy. We're the new kids on the block. We got to go talk to them. Let's just see. Let's just talk to them. They, they, maybe they can shed some words of wisdom. We are technically all still part of, you know, growing the game in Los Angeles. We're also part of a league. There's going to, there should be some personal, you know, professionalism. So they went and they were treated poorly. Not, not like they were super rude and like yelling at them but they just they they felt that they were treated like the little brother and then it just from there it literally just grew and it got transferred to the supporters who were already didn't need much of a reason to want to not like the the crosstown rival but the fact that from day one we went and said hey uh how, how do we kind of you know how do we figure this out together maybe maybe there's a way we can kind of Make a rivalry, but like we still have some kind of uh, professional courtesy for each other. They didn't seem to want to have any part of that because they didn't think that we were going to be a thing. They were like, "Yeah, you, you guys, you, look, we've seen teams come and go, and they had literally seen yeah. teams come and go." Right. So they, they maybe rightfully in their minds thought like, "We don't need to talk to them," and that's the vibe that they gave everybody. And everyone walked out of that meeting being like, "It's on," like, and it was on, but. To go further from that, when we hired Bob, we hired John, they came in and said, look, we, we want to beat them. You know, der- derbies are important. And they're important for a fan base. They're important for a city. They're important for the sport in general. But we will do it in the way that we want to brand ourselves and who we want to be. And I think when we look at it, as much as the Galaxy want to be a, a global team, they are so fixated on us. And that's where... I sometimes have maybe even a disconnect with our own supporters where I'm, I'm with you guys. I want to beat them so bad and I understand, but try to also keep that bigger picture in mind. I feel like I, re- I remember those teams, those Real Madrid, Barcelona teams where Real Madrid was okay with beating Barcelona, but losing the league. And I always felt like Barcelona wanted to beat Real Madrid, but they were like, yeah, but we win trophies. So I feel like that's the kind of vibe we have. And if you think about the history of those clubs, Galaxy kind of do fit the more mold of the Galacticos. The, you know, we we get guys just to get them because we can, and we fit a mold of. No, we get players that are they're good players, but they got to fit the way we want to play. Um, so I think that that's kind of the way we've kind of delineated each other, and maybe things are changing because you know Dennis DeClose is there, uh, Guillermo Barros Escaloto is there. He's not necessarily the puffier chest, not like Siggy Schmidt was, but he went with it. Maybe they'll they'll tone it down a little bit. I don't think so, <laughs> knowing their front office. But maybe they will. You know, it's, that's the closest more competent though. I, I agree with that. Their infrastructure is much better, yeah. and so maybe it, maybe it'll embolden them though, yeah. because they have they actually will. I think going forward, you know, somebody asked us a, a Twitter question. They said, "Should the galaxy be scared of us?" Yes, the, of course, the galaxy already are scared of us. Like they they won't admit it, but they are in the grand scheme of things. Look, they can say if this season ends and we win supporter shield and we win MLS Cup. Good luck. Good luck coming to an any LFC fan and saying you can't beat us. I don't care. I honestly don't care. We'll get you next year. We always have those chances. But guess what? These trophies are ours. But I would say on the flip side, the Galaxy have nowhere to go but up. 
they are near rock bottom. So, you know, they, they, they're putting together infrastructure. I, I think that there's a genesis of a real golden age of what could be an L.A. run league where, like, man, L.A. is going to boss this league and take it into the next step. For, for so long, we've been hearing about Seattle-Portland. I, I don't think the epicenter of MLS is going to be up north very much longer. Culture creates anti-culture. Yep. Well, you know, and it's it's just it is. It's interesting, you know, because that that attitude, keeping in mind with the with the bigger picture, you know, yeah, we didn't beat the Galaxy this year or last year in the regular season, but you know, keeping a fixed on yes, Supporter Shield, MLS Cup, and you know, eventually their uh, retort. Of five MLS cups, I don't, I, I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to say stuff like that if we keep progressing the way we're progressing. You know, in a matter of maybe another twenty years, who knows? You and know, to us, it's a culture battle. When you ask an LAFC fan, "What does this rivalry mean to you?" the answers will all be within the realm of culture. Yeah. When you ask a, a Galaxy fan, "What does this rivalry mean to you?" their answers are all in the form of an accomplishment, right? So, I mean, it's it's totally different ideologies. You know, I mean, people can't see this, and, and maybe they will when we tweet out our, our, our post picture, but you're wearing the Secret Walls shirt today, right? I mean, I remember the Secret Walls for the message that Galaxy fans hid in their Secret Walls, right? I mean, you know, I mean, it was, it was quite flagrant. They put white nationalist symbols in their secret wall. They, they didn't try and hide it. And, you know, I mean, and, and when we look at what the differences between these two clubs are, you know, those culture battles that still exist to this day from their club to ours are something that mean a lot to LAFC fans. And it's something that the culture around the galaxy has always hidden behind an accomplishment, behind a kit. You know, they put a kit over something in order to mean something different than what's going on underneath. And we are here to show people what is happening organically from the ground up. And I don't think that those cultural differences are going to change next year or the year after. I don't see the kind of changes taking place over there where they're going to walk away from those things. And so I feel that's only going to grow this rivalry in the years to come. Yeah, I mean, there were never going to be, a, I don't think we're ever going to be aligned. And that's across all rivalries in soccer, that's the way it is. You think of Inter Milan, Milan. There are philosophical, cultural differences. Real Madrid, Barcelona. And that's what makes everlasting, long divisions. But I would say, you know, we we have to look at it and we, we try to always look at it in, in a way that we can be opponents on the pitch, you know, banter, beers after, right. you know, outside. So there's got to be, I think, there's a level that we're both trying to get to, um, and we're not we're not quite there yet. So, oh, you know, we are getting close to near the end. You know, we want to start wrapping this up, but we do have a couple more questions. But one of them that I think that we would all like to know is, what are you most proud of when you look at LAFC to date? For myself or for the team? Both. Ooh. Uh, for the team, it's the delivering on the promise of season one. I remember going into this season, and I think this might be my my favorite accomplishment maybe for myself was going into this season and people telling me, man, there's just been no changes. You know, we have pretty much the same team. How is this team going to be better? How do you, you know, there, it was coming from more of the like maybe NBA model where like, man, if you don't get the star player in the off season, how you, you can't call yourself better. 
and me saying and and knowing and having been around these guys and having been around Bob and them saying, look, you give us a little bit more time with these guys. Look, half of our the first start of our season was these guys are meeting each other. <laughs> they're learning each other's names. They're finding out where to live. They're learning how to get to training quicker. They're learning how they're going to get home afterwards. Things like that. You give us time with these guys to get them settled in and get them comfortable in this system, and we will provide for you a team that not only wins but wins in a way that you guys will be out of your seats every match. But some of that has to do with simply the windows in which our league is different from other leagues. Because, I mean, to a fan who said last offseason, oh, we didn't get those players. Well, oh, yeah, we got Rito, we got Chiqui P. I mean, you know, like, I mean, yeah. like we've done that now that the windows have opened up with other teams. Right. The, like, the winter transfer window is not the ideal window for our season. Or it's the ideal season window for our season because that's when it starts. It's not the ideal window for, for the rest of the world. For the basically. rest of the world, you preach patience, and patience yeah. paid off in our case. Well, yeah, I, and uh, and that was coming from the top. And I and look, I I've looked at as a connoisseur of soccer, great soccer teams, and they always start with a team that is able to keep a core together over a span of two to three seasons, and that's when they start really hitting. And we've started really hitting. And to your point, bringing in Cheeky and bringing in Brian, it's like we've. Delivered on the promise of season two. Obviously, trophies have to seal that deal. But man, we've already started on season three. So get excited for that. But yeah, I just I just remember people being like, yeah, oh, look at what Sporting KC's done and look at these people. And I'm like, I get it, guys. I get it. But you need to understand the ability for this team to stay together and have a core. Um, I will not be able to write any piece that will convince you if you don't want to believe me. But there's intangibles here that are really going to come through. And I think for me, that's been the coolest thing because man again you watch this team and this is this is football man i don't, I don't care what anyone says i we will always to till i'm not here even when i'm not here i'm dead and gone there will be people that are like yeah it's mls man this, they're not as good as europe all right well i actually feel bad for you because you're actually missing out on a really great game and something that is in your backyard because look we have people that come through from all walks of life we had a guy come through oh here we go paul oakenfold when he was there I asked Paul Oakenfold, I said, and I knew the answer already because I had already talked to plenty of people that are Manchester United supporters. I go, Paul, you're a Chelsea fan. You've been to Old Trafford. What does it sound like compared to this? He goes, Old Trafford? Don't even talk about Old Trafford. This <laughs> kills it. And there's 40,000 less people that can fit into this stadium. So there, like, there you go, man. Like We have a product on the field and a culture in the stands that is absolutely... What we promised, but has even exceeded what we promised. So the when fact you think... that Rayito and Chiki are now choosing to come to the team is a huge breakthrough in year two. Yeah. First of all, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. That's a great comment. When you think about moments like that, that sort of harkens into the question of what were, in your opinion, the greatest moments that we as fans have got to experience as a team and at the bank so far. Ooh. If you decided to not go to that midweek game against San Jose and see that goal, I feel bad for you. <laughs> I know one of our uh, one of our guys that helps us with with PR. I go, where are you? He goes, ah, you know, I was hanging out hanging out with my girl. I go, man, you might have to break up with her. <laughs> He's like, what? I go, she made you miss the probably the greatest goal in MLS history. Uh, that's got to be one, man. Um, there's been some team goals that have been really great. That like uh, one of them was in the in the Vancouver game last season where we literally went from front to back. They didn't touch the ball. I know in, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't really, uh, it's not really great because <laughs> we uh, we tied that game, but there's been some great team goals, just fun moments in general. I mean, again, it, I don't want to stay too with too many recent things, but 
that ovation that people gave Kareem when he came out as a Falconer, yo, rattled the place. Like, this is a dude just to start, like, a match. And I understand he's a legend, but it's just, there's this connection to Los Angeles where it's like, it's Kareem, man. We get it. Like, he's he's our man. The international friendlies have been cool, have been very cool. And then to think that today before, or not today, yesterday, before they went and played the Coliseum, Brazil trained on the Bank California Stadium pitch. Really? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool, right? Like, they, that's where they were hanging out, like, and I'm sure that they found that it's a beautiful pitch and lovely and all that stuff. So those those are cool. I think, yeah, those are cool moments for me. And then personally, honestly, I, anytime I go down there after a match to interview a player is a personal, like, triumph. It's an awesome moment. But I get to, it's always done before the Shalala's, and I then, the player walks off. I don't move from where I am. I'm normally about 30 yards out. I just watch the sea of people and just look at the north end uh, and just kind of take it in and just be silent for a second and just watch the kind of rituals that we have which is the shalala and now with walker doing the the victory punch those are things that like i won't i wouldn't trade for anything and it's a moment where like i i feel singularly a part of something because i'm like alone in that moment i'm trying to be quiet but i'm also like such a it's such a bigger thing than me so it's it just it looks like it literally looks like a tidal wave when you look from that angle um and that's something i remember i told mark anthony k right before we did an interview and i don't think he kind of got the joke but he walked up to me i go dude how did we get here and he looked at me like what are you talking about it's like i know i got here I play, like, <laughs> i'm a good soccer player i was like oh he did like that went right over his head but i but i meant it i wholly meant it like man how like this is an amazing place. Like, how are we here? Like, what? how is this happening? That kind of ties into our final question, our most important question, the question that is the hallmark of this show and the fabric that ties it together, both literally on this show and the fabric we hold in our hands at the bank, sir, and that is, what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you? <sighs> shoulder to shoulder has meant to me this... You know, I, th- I think a lot of people, because we had been through a lot before we got to that first game, it seemed inevitable. Um, and maybe it was. Um, but I, I've, I always try to remind people that, man, this could have failed. You know, we could have not shown up to this. And shoulder to shoulder means to me, like, this is what the strength of people that believe in each other and that see a community as bigger than the sum of its parts uh, can bring out because man, I ca- I cannot reiterate enough that this could have gone wrong. This could have gone wholly wrong, and the and the fact is, it also could have continued to go wrong even after we made that first step. That Seattle game, there was no guarantees, and man, we come into the new season again, no guarantees, and shoulder to shoulder to me means it's something that grows because it doesn't end. It's like a chain, right? And it just keeps growing because the one thing that astounds me is. In year two, as much as the team is up their game, that stadium is up its game. Like every time I'm in there, man, it's louder than each time. I mean that that last Galaxy game, I don't I don't know one. There was more than thirty two fifty two in the thirty two fifty two. That's for sure. Guys packed packed that. I mean you, it was packed and it was loud. And I I do remember there was a moment. Like there was cheering through the galaxy goals, and that in and of itself is impressive to be able to to pull yourself up and to say, "Look, we're not going to let this get us down. We are going to cheer through it." But there did start to 
it started to calm just like a little bit. And then right before halftime and right before Latif scored the goal to bring it to three, two, it was like, everyone got their second wind. And I don't, and I think that's, that's part of the ethos. That's part of the shoulder shoulder. It was probably people looking at each other and being like, okay, he's, he's kind of looking a little tired. She's looking a little tired. I'm a little tired. Well, maybe if I scream a little louder, he'll pick it up and she'll pick up my slack and then someone else will pick it up and it reached back up to, by the time it was halftime, it was exploding once again. I mean, Halftime was loud. Like, I don't even know. We should have not done any of like our halftime program. We should have just like let let it go. Maybe just turn the lights off and let you guys just have at it. Because it was loud. So that that's what it means to me. It's 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 something that is one inclusive of all of us, but also can't be contained because it just keeps growing. Wow. That's a beautiful answer. I I love how we constantly seem to find a different answer to this question no matter how many times we well, ask it's, it. Well, you know, what's nice too is when we get guests come in and they know that that question's going to come and so like some people will have it, you know, thought out because they're like, oh, I had to think about this question so I wanted to make sure I was prepared or whatever. So it's just, it's nice, you know? And sometimes it just kind of comes organically yeah, organic. to someone in the moment yeah, and, and so it's... we still get something beautiful. But thank you so much for joining us for Thanks for, for having episodes. me, guys. Thank you for um, driving to SOS Studios. I know you're... All the way in Long Beach, LBC, real far. I'm, I'm, hey, man, I, I coming here. I mean, obviously, it's far from me, but I, you got to think of it the other way. I'm coming here, and I'm like, man, you guys come out to bank. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, this is not an easy. It's not an easy drive just to bank. Obviously, to Long Beach is one thing, but yo, man, that's. I mean, you got to. And I know you're you're far away too. Like, this is a testament to yourselves as well. So I'm happy to come out here and like, we're just we're just chatting, man. Appreciate so it's it, not, man. no you're big deal, man. Anytime. But anyways, hey, thank you very much, Vince. If uh, you uh, want to give Vince a follow on social media, you should at LFC Vince on Twitter and at That's How You Soccer. Uh, Can't change uh, it. They want me to change it. I am not changing it. <laughs> uh, you know, I meant to ask you. That's that on too. Twitter like, and Instagram. How did you ha- it's the hardest thing to type in. Yes, on underscore. Your phone. Yeah, it's an inside joke. Uh, we used to uh, when we used to play FIFA. Actually, did anyone ever anybody ever play uh, Mario Soccer? Yes. Okay. So we used to play with some of our friends. It's like a way you can play soccer with your friends that like, even if they don't know soccer, you can play because it's that type of game. And man, I sucked at that game so bad. And you've never seen somebody so upset. And so I would used to yell at them like, this is not not even real soccer. Like it's not even real (laughs) soccer. And so one time a guy beat me, my good friend beat me, Gilbert beat me and he stood up. He goes, that's how you soccer. (laughs) And I was just like, I just started laughing. Like I was so mad in that moment, but I just started laughing because I was like, Yo, you're right. That is how you soccer, bro. So I had to stick with it. That's funny. But uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that underscore how underscore you underscore soccer is for his Instagram handle. And at LAFC Vince is for his uh, Twitter handle. Plus he also does the uh, pre and post game uh, articles on LAFC's website. And uh, he also does the Inside LAFC podcast with Max. The MVP podcast oh, recently yep. rebranded. As, yeah, as part of the, the umbrella of Inside LAFC, yeah. which is all of the podcasts, we've, we've kind of rebranded the MVP. Yeah. Thank, MVP God, thank God our uh, letters come out to something really cool. Max and Vince podcast. It's MVP. Yep. <laughs> back, to back, back to back with Harvey and then Inside with Walker. Uh, with locker, Walker. The Locker Room, locker with, room Walker, with Walker, which right. reminds me I need to get on those guys. They need to start putting out episodes again. And well, then, look, if they need guests, we are available. Oh, they do need guests, so you guys might be called yeah. into. You might be called off the bench to get in. Sure. There. You know, we, sure. we can call them. It is international duty. We, yep. we, we can call them in over here, and we could interview them, and we, we'll just let them advertise it as a locker room or a back-to-back. Yeah. <laughs> Tr- well, podcast trade. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whatever they need. 
Thank um, you. Thank but you. Yeah, again, thank you, Vince. And then for anyone who's interested in following the podcast, it's at LAFCS2S. You can also send us emails if you have any comments. or And again, if you ever want to get on the show, if you ever want to tell us your story, tell us your why, how you became an LAFC fan, reach out to us. We're very active on our social media accounts. We reply quickly, or you can send us an email. All of our email addresses are on the website, www.lafcs2s.com. So with that said... Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Take us home, Sticks. Shoulder to shoulder. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay fly in that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.